it's that way in everything in life. You, you can't sit around waiting for people to tell you, hey, that's a great idea. You should do that. If you have an idea, you pursue it. And if it sucks, you ditch it and do something else. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking, writing in the butt, one word at a time. Taylor, I have to tell you, I recorded at an author conference, I recorded a bunch of interviews face-to-face, and it's oh my gosh. amazing. So we have to do that sometime. We have to actually be in the same room, like at the palatial offices on the 97th floor or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was at a, a, a book fair, uh, a localized, like a, a small Dallas book fair it was up north, and um, I, I knew it was going to, like, I was going to struggle there, so I, you know, contacted people in Dallas that come hang out with me, and so there we started chit-chatting about podcasts, and someone's like, oh, you you and Steve are recording not you're not in the same room and I was like no he's in Florida and I'm here we've we never met <laughs> yeah I know anyway sorry I interrupted your story well I mean it, it was just so I thought it would be weird and what I did is we recorded the in in a hotel room and there was a a counter I hooked two microphones to the counter and then I just thought I, this is going to be interesting. It's either going to be awful or it's going to be great. And it was great because it is just a converse. I mean, literally, they became just conversations with people looking at one another and talking. And it's so easy, even, even if you do Skype with video, where you can sort of see the person's, person's facial expressions, when you see all of them, it, it really changes the dynamic. Ah, uh, I, I can imagine. So that was fun. So someday... We're going to have to – actually, if we ever do it, we should, like, sit down and record 10 episodes because that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. But the conference I was at, it's called 20 Books to 50K. It was an indie author primarily conference, and it was amazing. I mean, the vibe was amazing. It was just fun. Everybody was there to help everybody else. It was, it was really interesting, and, and the show focused – there's very little on craft and a lot on the business of being an author, on on marketing, uh, on just building the right Facebook ads, on on creating the right keywords, how to find keywords. Some of the stuff was pretty high level. Some of it was really a, a deep dive. It was just fascinating. It was three days of fascinating, and I'm making it my mission to talk you into coming <laughs> next year. <laughs> You've got 364 days to do it or whatever. <laughs> And I met someone there who is a longtime listener of the show, came up and introduced himself to me, and he says, I'm David Pfeiffer. And I looked down at his name, and all of a sudden the light bulb went off. He's someone who's commented on, on, uh, on the show web pages before uh, lots of times, and it's like, oh, my God, David. And then we hung out for a bit, and it was really fun. So, now, for that, I'm jealous. To meet listeners of the show would be amazing. Yes, that was, that was really fun. And there were a lot of people there that listened to the author biz because it was more focused focused on that kind of thing. Um, A highlight for me, and you'll appreciate this, is – and listeners, 
you've probably heard the name John Truby before because we've talked about him in terms of Taylor's writing process and in some of the books that she's written and recommends. Um, I had an opportunity. I'm sorry. Yes, read and recommends. Um, I had the opportunity to meet him, and that was an absolute thrill. And we're going to have him on the show one of these days. And Taylor has already confessed that she's going to be really nervous. And so I'm going to have to do all the heavy lifting on that show, which is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) If you get really nervous, you're just going to have to jabber. Like I'm I do. just afraid I'm not going to have good questions. But the more I think about it, um, I think I could come up with a few. I found it fascinating that he was there um, at an indie author conference because that's not really his thing. He trains screenwriters and authors on story, on the creation of story. And um, he explained the reason he was there, and it was because so many of his screenwriter clients are – not having their work purchased. They they write these mm-hmm. screenplays and they go up on a shelf and then they write the next screenplay and it goes up on the shelf, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they continue to work in obscurity because nothing is being made into films or television or being published as a book or anything. So he wants to learn about indie publishing so that he can convince his clients, his screenwriter clients, to also write their stories as books and publish them as indies so that they can begin to build their story brand. Interesting. Which is sort of is going to lead into our topic, and I'm going to tell a a quick story that will lead into the topic, and then Taylor will kind of take over with the topic, which is a little bit of a rant. But I I was at church on Sunday, and someone came up to me and said, where were you last Sunday? We missed you, which it's nice to be missed. And I said, I was, at, I was at an author conference, and she said, oh, I was at an author conference once, and it was fabulous. I had the best time, and there was this thing. I, I, I went because I had this idea for a book, and it was a really good idea, and I really wanted to write it. And they had this thing where you could walk up to a table, and you could tell someone about your book. What do you call that? She said, and I said, well, it's called a pitch. And she said, oh, that's right, it's a pitch. And so I, I went in this room, and I gave all these people a pitch. And one of them said, I want to see your manuscript. And I was so excited, and I went home. But then I never sent him the manuscript. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which, wow. You know, the idea of writing, this is sort of leading into the topic for today, which is that the idea of writing is different from the uh, from the actual writing. Oh, and yeah. she had a great idea for a book. Um, it wasn't that unique, but it was unique enough to attract the attention of an editor at a book conference where most of the people there were traditional traditionally published type people. So she had she had that, but she didn't have the manuscript and really didn't want to write it. She just wanted to have the idea. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. That's amazing. So we were talking before the podcast and you had a a similar story. I had um, somebody contact me on Facebook. So this is uh, not some, as far as I know, somebody that I've never met and, or had any interaction with. And it, the conversation ate at me and I'm going to, this show is not going to be about, you know, writing per se. It's not a how-to show. It is a show on the mentality 
of success, the mentality to what it takes to to succeed, to win, whatever success or winning means to you, to accomplish what it is that you are out going going for, what you're attempting to achieve. And um, this conversation really bothered me on multiple levels, um, which is why I'm ranting, I'm venting. And I know that it doesn't necessarily apply to anyone who's listening to this show because you guys, you're all doing what you need to do to achieve your goals. You've all taken those steps. But I think it's a good discussion to have because sometimes we can do really good in one area of our life and not so good in another. So I'm going to read this. This is done on a phone. So you know how phones come with typos and all that kind of stuff, but bear with me and here we go. So um, he contacts me and he says, I read your paragraph on how do I know if I'm good enough? And I'm assuming he means from the web on my website. I have a um, an essay, short essay, and those of you who get the emails will have read it too. It's you know on being good enough. My problem is I'm not in a position to spend a lot of money and have it get wasted with no return. I wish I could win the lottery and have endless supply to spend my life for writing poetry, plays, and stories. Is there any way to have someone like an agent or others who can look at my ideas or outlines and say, I honestly think you're onto something, or it's a complete waste of your money and time to publish that? I saw somewhere someone wrote a book about the problem with a certain political party, and you open the book and it's all empty pages. Brilliant, but I wouldn't be so lucky to be able to do that. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Now... <laughs> He uses a lot of words like luck and I don't have money and I don't want my time to get wasted with no return. And it's been my experience in life that different mentalities tend to use different words. And someone who uses a lot of words like I wouldn't be so lucky or I wish I could just win the lottery you know, I don't want my time to go to waste, all of that. They, um, they're usually not out there doing the things. They kind of just want stuff to fall into their lap. I think it's interesting that, that his idea of a successful book is a trick where someone had a title and then just had an empty book. Yeah, that too, right? Yeah. So I wrote him, you know, I, I to the best of my ability, I respond to people when they contact me and I always try to give the benefit of the doubt and offer positive advice. And, but I want to be honest too, you know, and so I said, you know, hi, you know, smiley face and all that. I don't think there really is a way to get people to look at stuff and evaluate it for free, but you lose nothing by continuing to write and hone your craft on your own until you feel it's ready and then start submitting it to magazines, etc. The only way to get good is to do and do and do and do. Now, I have to just pref not interject a little bit and say that, you know, the reason I had said that, you know, I don't know if there's a way to get someone to look at and evaluate his stuff for free is because I do get that question fairly often where people are like, I've written this and, you know, I just want somebody to, to look at it for me and tell me if it's any good. So I was coming from the assumption that he already had something written and he wanted someone to do what we do on this podcast, basically, but for the whole thing. So he responded to my um, 
reply and he says, thanks for your response. I didn't mean complete works. I just meant ideas and outlines. As, as I said, in your piece, to be a good writer, you never think your material is good enough. I guess I'll just have to wait until I have the disposable income to take the chance. Thanks again. And at that point, my head went, what? The disposable income to take the chance on what? You know, do you obviously have something to type on because you're typing this to me, whether it's a phone or a computer. It's, you know, you have a way to record your thoughts. What what chance are we talking about here? I, I'm baffled. I say to him, I'm not sure anyone is capable of really assessing an idea or an outline because ideas are everywhere. It's the execution of the idea that is at stake. He says, I just meant like that's a great plot, sounds exciting, or that's been overdone and won't sell. So he hasn't even done the work yet. He just wants someone to tell him the lights are all green. It's safe to leave house now to get to your destination. I said to him, what do you think people would have told Stephanie Myers if she'd asked their opinion on writing another vampire story? And they said, no, it's been done a thousand times. And she said, but these vampires sparkle. <laughs> he says, good point. That's why you're famous, LOL. Thanks for the input. It's nice to have a real life celebrity respond to an amateur wannabe. By the way, I read your bio. It's amazing the mountain you had to climb to be where you are today. Now I'll have to read some of your books because I can say, hey, I know the author. And I don't, like, at this point, I want someone to be able to, uh, to find the help that they need. And since he, ha you know, he obviously hasn't read any of my emails, he found my website, I don't think he's listened to any of the podcasts, I said, well, there you go. And if you want actual teaching on how to do what I do, there are about two years of free podcasts available with new episodes out each Tuesday and a regular email on my mailing list and video tutorials at patreon.com. Um, and my patrons have opportunities to get their questions answered and segments of work edited. So that might be up your alley. I don't know. And he said, OK, thanks. I'll check it out. Now, the conversation continued on for there, but it kind of devolved. And I don't want to. I'm not going to read that all on air. And I realized at this point, cut, cut your losses. Do not respond anymore because this is not somebody who's going to hear anything that you have to say. But the conversation just really got me thinking about the mentality of success, the, the succeeding. And not to be cruel and not to, I hate it when people take someone and use them as the butt of the joke or to make a laughing stock. Um, and I absolutely am not trying to do this here. And I don't want to dogpile on this person. And that said, reading this and, and getting that, these, this thought that the mentality, I can, I can say with absolute certainty that unless this person changes some, his thinking somehow, he is never going to get a book published. Even if he managed to write a book, he's never going to get it published. And this type of mentality is going to follow through. Let's say that with this mentality, the person did get, did write a book and self-published it or did write a book and tried to sell it and couldn't. It will now devolve into everything, the game is rigged, everything is stacked against me, all those people who did win, 
one because of luck or connections or whatever, without realizing that the, the, their worldview is making that happen because he doesn't want to do the work. He wants things um, just laid out for him. He wants the shortcuts. He wants the easy route. He talks about taking chances with something that, A, there is no risk at all. There's no, you have nothing to lose but time in writing. But he wants to skip the very process that everybody else who has published a book has had to go through. And it's like that in just about every aspect of life, that people don't want to do the hard work. They just want the success that comes with the hard work. Those are the ones that don't succeed. The people who succeed are the ones who day in and day out just keep working at it, working at it, trying and failing, trying and failing, taking risks, taking losses, picking themselves up and, and going on again. And some people do get lucky. There is an element of luck in everything because life is random. And some people struggle far less than others in getting their books published. I struggled far less than others in getting my books published, but I sure struggled a whole heck of a lot in other aspects of life. So we can say that kind of balanced itself out a little bit. And I've struggled after getting my books published. It's, you know, he talks about wanting to win the lottery. And who doesn't want to win the lottery? I mean, we all like free stuff thrown into our lap. But there's a difference between looking at being lucky as a bonus and looking at being lucky as an escape hatch. That's your investment plan. That's your, um, your way out, relying on luck and then going, oh, but I'm not lucky. I mean, it's just two completely separate trains of thought. And I mean, from, you know, I'm not a scientist and, you know, I kind of don't have reference points and I can't point you to articles, but studies have shown that people with resilience are the ones who tend to succeed in life because they get kicked in the teeth and they get up and they go on. They don't just get knocked down and sit in the mud and quit then and there. And it's a completely different mentality. One of, there, there is no reward without the risk. You, you, can't, you can't ever have anything worth having if you're not willing to put something into it. If it's free, it's worth nothing. The more it costs you, the more you value it when you get it. The more you recognize that... Uh, I'm at a loss for words. It, one of my kids is working on not devolving into that poor me, the world hates me mentality, teenagers, what, what can you say? I used to be that way. And all you get from that is misery. misery. It's a miserable existence. And my thoughts now are so far removed. My, my way of thinking now is so far removed from that. I mean, life still kicks me in the teeth. And there, I have my hard days. And I, I've, I've gone through incredible struggles even since getting published. But never once have I sat down and thought, I want some magic white knight or lottery to come and save me from myself. 
it, my, my way of thinking is so far removed from that now, from having picked myself up and knowing that no matter how bad it is, I'm capable of it. We're all capable of it, of pushing ourselves onward to better things, that I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know how to communicate in that language anymore. I just, I just get stunned. And, and I know it's not fair to think that the whole world would believe like me. And I'm sure there will people who look at me and go, you've only come a, a fraction of the way that you could if you would expand your thinking and your, your belief system and your, open yourself up a little bit more than you have. So I'm not some end product. I'm not the guru. I'm not someone who has gotten to the mountaintop. I'm still on that journey together with everyone else. But good Lord, I just, <sighs> I, I, ah, help. <laughs> All right. You, you, you mentioned a few things that I, I want to explore a little bit. One was that it's not the idea, it's the execution. And I am reminded of the first movie that I've wanted to see. It's November, and I haven't wanted to go and see a movie this year. No movie has interested, interested me this year to the point where I wanted to go to the theater and see it until now. The, the movie is, and there, there would be those who, who would say, oh, this has been done before, is Murder on the Orient Express. Right. It's been done before. Um, but boy, I really want to go see how they do this, how they make an updated version of it. And I've read the book. I've read the story. I've, I've seen the movie. I've seen the play. But I still want to see it again because it's not the idea. It's the execution. Everybody has an idea. I mean, every, everybody's had the idea for Uber or Netflix or whatever it is. Everybody's had that idea. Uh, but th they're... The talent is is in being able to execute on the idea, and and this guy, maybe he is confusing the world of business where you need to have a lot of investment capital to execute on an idea with the world of writing where you need some time and can put your fingers on the keyboard or take a pen and start writing on a piece of paper. Yeah, it does not require a great investment of anything other than your time. And if you're the kind of person who's waiting for luck, my guess is that you have a lot of time. You have a lot of spare time. That's, in, that's an, an interesting way to put it. And what you said about someone who's confusing, you know, the world of investment and all of that business with writing, if that is the case, I would venture at someone who only knows about both of those from the outside, because mm -hmm. somebody who is actually active in the world of creating, whether it's business or, you know, picking stocks or developing real estate or starting a small family run restaurant, every single one of those person, people has done something. They have taken that risk and they will be familiar with the idea of you will fail. There are risks. You work hard. You have to put in the hours to make this thing happen. And so 
the the concept of I just want somebody to show me that it's easy. I mean, who who walks into a bank to to get a loan and goes, tell me if you think this idea is going to work. Just evaluate this idea for me. You know, evaluate this property for me. You go in there with everything already keyed up and you're going to sell it to get what you want. And I just. Yes. Yeah. The idea would be um, you're in Dallas. So we'll, we'll say there's an apartment complex that's for sale in Dallas. And I have saved a lot of money and I have the down payment on this apartment complex. And I know exactly how much the rents are. And I know exactly how much money I'm going to have to spend to fix it up so that I can raise the rents. And I know what the return's going to be over five or six years. And then I can take my money and my idea to the bank and share it with them. And they can say yes or no. But if I just go and say, you know, I'm thinking of buying an apartment complex. What do you think? I don't think I'm going to get more than 30 seconds with them. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you for making it clear to understand. (laughs) Thank you for teeing it up because as soon as you started saying it, it's like, oh, I've got an example. But it's that way in everything in life. You don't, you, you can't sit around waiting for people to tell you, hey, that's a great idea. You should do that. You, if you have an idea, you pursue it. And if it sucks, you ditch it and do something else. Yeah, but you learn something from screwing it up. Yes. And so if you have 20 writing failures that are no good, you're still learning how to write along the way. There's no risk. Um, and and if you only of, have 20 writing failures, you're way ahead of most people. <laughs> that too. I just, to, to, to be good at anything, to be successful at anything, you have to be willing to just put yourself out there and take a chance on yourself. And maybe that's, maybe that's really the core of his, his issue I'm so literal, I I often have trouble seeing behind the words that are put in front of me, but maybe his issue is he's afraid to take a chance on himself. It's not the money, that's just an excuse. Maybe not even the time, it's that he doesn't want to invest his emotional energy in something and then find out that it was no good, it's going to destroy his own sense of self at that point. He's worthless. And so he wants to be told something is okay, which is really someone saying, you're okay. You're okay, and you're safe to pursue that idea without looking like a fool. I met these two wonderful women in Las Vegas at the 20 Books Conference, and they came up to me. They'd listened to the AuthorBiz podcast and introduced themselves and told me how important the show was to them which is a great way to engage me in conversation because then I'll just talk to you for the rest of my life. Right, yeah. (laughs) um, So I I started asking them questions like, well, what do you write? How's it going for you? And I got a sense that it has been a struggle. It's not been easy for them. So I, I said, how much revenue did you do last year? And they said, well, this is before we started listening to your show. And I, I said, how much? And one of them looked at the other and looked down at the ground and said $17. And I said, how much have you done this year? And they took me around their little computer stations. You could plug your computer in at all the tables. And they pulled up 
their Amazon reports and showed me the graphs and showed me how much money they were making this year. And it's not like blow, blow the doors off amounts of money, but they are making it happen for themselves as writers. They're doing what they love to do, and they didn't take the fact that they made $17 last year stop them from doing what they wanted to do. And their graph, their sales graph is just stair-stepping straight up. And it's it just was so cool to meet them. See, that just that just filled me with air because that that that's that's the mentality. That's that's the way of thinking of do and do and do. Whether it's writing or something else, it is you give yourself permission to fail and to try, and that's awesome. And the amazing thing is they didn't feel like they failed when they made $17. They felt like people bought their books, and they were published authors, and now they could get better. And they're getting better. They're selling more books. They, rate, they write in a, in a really niche space where they're going to become very popular because there aren't thousands of authors that write in this space. And it, it was just – it was one of the highlights of the show for me was meeting these two women. It was just a blast. I'm excited just hearing it. I love – I love when people do that. It doesn't – like one of my big weaknesses, something I have to continually remind myself of – is you don't have to be the best at everything to be to have value in what you're doing. Like one of my big hesitations about even doing this podcast was, well, there's other people out there doing it. What do I have to contribute that's going to be any better or any different? And be, you know, so I just won't do it because somebody's already got that covered, and I'll have ideas of other things. And I'll be like, well, somebody else got that covered. I, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm going to be like at the bottom, scraping the barrel of that. What, what's the point of me doing it? And I have to continually remind myself, you don't have to be the best. Somebody, there's always somebody that's going to be better than you. And if you wait until you're the best, then you're never going to do anything. Well, yeah. If you wait until you're the best, you're never going to be the best because you won't have done anything. Yes. That, that's exactly that is what you true. were saying. And so I do understand the the concept of, you know, I want somebody to just show me how to be the best. That's just not how it works, you know? And these ladies, these women, what's so beautiful about that is they took what they had and used that as their frame of reference, not, oh, these other people are making a million dollars a year as, you know, self-published authors and we only made, it was like other people didn't have anything to do with it. It was just them and their mm -hmm. dreams and their goals. And that's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's the exact opposite. And, and that's what we're trying to get to. Like, that's the mentality. That's how you succeed. That's... And you, you know what? They made $17 more last year than millions of people who just want to write. Yeah. And, and so for someone, someone like this who's saying, you know, I want somebody to just tell me I have a good idea. Well, he, someone like that would not be okay with $17. They would feel like they were a miserable failure and they would quit. Whereas someone who believes and is willing to give themselves a chance and to keep trying new things and fail their way forward to success, to them, $17 is a triumph. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's a mentality. And my rant isn't against the person 
it's against the thinking and wishing there was some way to say, hey, I can, I can help you here, but I can't, I can't, I can't help anybody. But knowing that there's an answer and it's so close and the person doesn't want, it just wants to have it spoon fed to them. I'm just, that's like, we could make the world such a better place if we just stop that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Taylor, uh, this show is coming out. On the 14th, we are recording this. We are way behind. We're recording this on the 13th, and we're hoping that Steve can get it produced and out in time uh, for tomorrow. Uh, Next week is Thanksgiving, so we are going to take the week off. I think it's our first week off this year. So we're going to take uh, Thanksgiving week off, and then we will will be back again uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Do I have that right, boss? I... (laughs) <laughs> really, who's the boss around here? <laughs> we, we put on a good show of pretending who's really in charge. Um, I think that's right, boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Um, I, I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed I, mindset is such an important thing uh, to to any any form of success, but especially something as solitary as sitting in front of your screen and typing words. Yes. That's, we could do a whole other podcast on that. But um, thank you guys for listening to me rant. Um, this, is, this is what happens when I go for a loss of words. I'm just like, ah, bleh, bleh. So, um, yeah, sorry. I hope Steve cuts out all the sound effects. Oh, no, this is staying in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll, see, we'll, we'll be back in two weeks. Have, hope you guys have a wonderful, for those of you who are in the United States, hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving to make sure you tell the people in your life that you love them and hold them close. And for those of you who have no idea or some vague sense of this Thanksgiving tradition, well, we'll see you on the other side of it. 